Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Of Courage Podcast with me, Jessica Stong. I'm so excited to be speaking to you today. Um, great news. It is episode number 25. I'm just so proud of this. And I'm excited because today we're talking about educational therapy and coaching, which is something I'm really, really passionate about, having struggled with learning differences um, most of my life and not knowing it or not knowing how to seek help. Um, I really feel like educational therapy is the tool and the resource that can help your children and even you as an adult who is wanting to learn new things or wanting to um, move forward in life, I really feel like it's the tool um, of progress and of growth. And it really focuses on that strengths perspective um, to bring kids to an understanding of who they are where what they're able to bring to this world and and how to become who they are truly meant to be. So um, I'm excited to speak with you today. Please know that I have a guide um, on the website um, under the educational therapy um, like resource on the front page. Um, you can find it there. Um, it's if you scroll down halfway through the page. But it's also um, I have a blog post. Um, you can find more information about not only what educational therapy is, but about the process. Um, so if you have any questions, don't forget, you can always email me at hello at jessicastong.com and I'm happy to take your questions. But just a brief um, summary of this. We um, know that students um, who struggle um, in executive functioning, in all areas with learning differences, or even the students that we see that aren't, I say this sarcastically and in quotes, living up to their potential. And and I believe it's not from a, a lack of um, hatred or disrespect or behavioral opposition. It's mostly because these children... Um, have tried and tried, and they just become apathetic or um, give up, as we know adults do, I've done, because it is too hard. They don't have the skill set necessary for success. So we um, work to build the child's theory of mind, utilize a strength-based perspective, um, and that, when we get into the process, we'll, I'll talk more about that, and then really help harness children's and youth's and college-age students' and adults' strengths to overcome challenge, challenges, and really enhance individuals' understanding of how their brain impacts their behavior and development and strengthen any processing gaps. Interventions in this area include wraparound services like personal development, family relationship building, and communication with school faculty and staff, staff and other related professionals. It's so hard in today's world when we think about brain development, we know that the brain doesn't fully 
develop until about the age of 24 or 26. And it's that darn prefrontal cortex that I harp on and on about um, to my own child and to my students. Um, we know that that is, that is still um, like gaining structure and connections and the brain's going through reorganization and organization and structuring. And that prefrontal cortex really deals with organization and planning and um, the nerves that are part of this reach out to the rest of the brain, the whole entire part of the brain, and that those they are developing insulation. I just wrote a paper on this. I could post it, but it would be a snooze fest, right? And we know that um, in this process of developing that myelin sheath or that insulation, um, it helps things run smoother. Um, and really, it's like a protection, and it's helping those networks form and develop. And um, just a wired, wired for success. And so it's all being built in our, um, across our development. And we're asking children to do things or expecting children to do things that they are almost impossible, incapable um, of doing. And so we need to give them the right skills. We need to train them with the right skills necessary um, to, to be successful. And we know that potential involves intellectual development, emotional development, and cognitive and social development. So we really look at our strengths. We talk about what's going right. We talk about your best possible future self in this work. But I want to be clear here. I don't advocate looking at the strengths at the exclusion of weaknesses. I emphasize both focusing both on strengths and weaknesses. And we know as parents, it's incredibly um opportunistic, I think, a lot of times, and we focus on those weaknesses because that's what we see and that's what needs to change. And you want your child to turn in their homework for the 28th time you've asked them to finish their assignment, but but they have so many strengths. So how do we first acknowledge their strengths to then be able to um, ad address those weaknesses. And someone I cannot remember, I heard it on a um, podcast, I believe, or webinar, they talked about these um, strengths being, or this like strength-based perspective, really looking at it as like a sailboat in general, right? So you have a leak in your sailboat, and that is a weakness. You're not going to just say, oh, but I'm just going to look at my sail. That's my strength, and I'll just set my sail towards better areas or better functioning, and um, and it all will be well. No, you have to plug up the leak, but in doing so, if you just plug up the leak, you're not going to go anywhere. So that's where we use the strengths to push and propel ourselves forward. Um, and so I really like that um, idea that focusing on strengths is, or just weaknesses, isn't sufficient. Um, and so I also want to acknowledge that teenagers really want to be heard, to be understood, 
and they want to be seen as credible. So how do we get that? How do we give them that in the process when our lives are so busy and we as parents don't necessarily know um, or have experience in that empathetic and active listening that really holds the space for the child? That's the great tool that educational therapists can provide to your family. And it's really using the power of personal relationships to encourage motivation and to set up safe, empowering, and rewarding learning atmospheres. It's not just about personal change. It's about environmental change, too. Um, This work is often employed um, to support students with learning differences, but truly it can be utilized to address most emotional and behavioral issues that result from challenging academic, social, or intellectual contributions. Educational therapists have undergone um, intense work and documentation of said work um, in the areas of special Um, education, uh, IQ testing, um, all sorts of teaching, um, literacy, reading, math, um, all these areas um, so that they are trained to identify and assess a student's learning needs and can tailor a complete plan to address and support healthy development. Um, I also wanted to talk to you a bit about the process the educational coaching, educational therapy process. So step one really is to survey the current level of functioning. And in my work, I do that with a strength-based inventory. I send you a link um, and you, um, the student, um, is able to complete that inventory. I do an executive processing questionnaire and I also do a strengths and difficulties questionnaire for parents. Part of this um, survey also includes a semi-structured interview process. So I think about, um, I ask kids and parents, um, for example, for parents, what is the best thing you like about the child? What do you hope for them? What lessons do you wish they could learn without actually having to learn them or go through the hard work? Um, Really, we talk a lot about grit and resilience, asking the kids, what's the hardest thing you ever have done? We know that when they are able to own the process and understand how learning involves hard work and dedication, and it's not easy, and it requires um, like that, that level of courage necessary to change, um, we are able to help kids for the rest of their lives. You know, we talk about a lot about how you handle failure in your house, what, what that looks like. And then we go um, through um, with what brings uh, the kids joy. What are they looking forward to in their near future? Um, what do they hope um, for their future um, long-term? And um, we also all talk about goals because we know that this process requires buy-in of all parties. We also look at homework, long-term assignments, studying, homework, um, no home chores, responsibilities, social activities, relaxation, managing emotions, organizational skills. And then we move to step two, which is where we discuss and define long-term goals. 
So it's not just academic goals. We look at behavioral, social, and emotional goals. And we really use the survey from step one to inform the school setting process. So in that, we define the steps towards the goals. We develop interim goals. Um, and then in step three, we develop a working plan and contract. That is really, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is how I'm going to reward myself if I succeed. And really, we're looking at that internal motivation and internal reward setting that really sets these kids up. Again, we're looking at long-term. We're looking at adulthood with the goal that these children learn these skills now so that they don't have to at age 35 like some of us, right? Or, or 25 or um, that they're still still looking for themselves. And students and coaches really work in um, collaboration in this process. And then student with the coach or um, therapist present um, presents it to his or her parents for feedback. And so this is really owning the process, but also working as a team to develop that healthy communication that for so long students have looked for and that it's probably there, but that they understand that there is intentionality and and work in this process. So step four involves engaging in personal coaching sessions with the student. I also offer this for the parents as well, but the plan of action might be specific to the student. The plan of action might involve the student and the parent. So you really have to think about um, who who should be involved um, and how these push personal coaching sessions should look. And we look at our contractual obligations that we set out. We map out those individual tasks to accomplish goals and timelines. And sometimes in the beginning, um, and I know all of this um, from behavioral analysis, but it might be meeting twice a week or meeting once a week. or And then we slowly start to um, build a greater time between the sessions. So with um, those tasks and due dates, um, the, f- the following session looks at how did you do? Did you do that? We evaluate efficacy. We have a chance to provide feedback because so much of what we need to learn is how to receive feedback. We know um, that we as adults get stuck, I do, on what to do and how to map out and set a plan. So this is setting these kids up um, and helping them. Um, We do check-ins to provide um, external accountability, moving to internal accountability and monitoring. But the important thing for this is we are taking it off the parents but at the same time, teaching the youth that they can make these choices. We'll move from a clear set of supports, frequent check-ins, what they have followed through on, what they have planned, if not, what happened. um, And then we'll use that information to identify areas needed for skill development and support. We are really tackling goal-directed persistence here. Um, I also really um, am taken by um, 
There is a lot of work um, with the Characters Lab and Angela Duckworth, um, and she discussed this idea that um, we are not just, we don't just go from, here's an idea, and the only thing we have um, available to us is, uh, is like, Whole hardcore motivation or self control, right? That that's that's all we have. That's the only thing that we can do, um, and that is available to us. But there are many steps along the way, many steps um, that will get us there, um, and will be able to help us. There is a grit and passion and um, for long term goals. And it's the Grit Playbook from Character Lab, which I love and think that um, everyone needs to go download that. But I will also have that availability um, available on um, a link to that on um, the blog post um, associated with this uh, podcast. But I, I... I want you to understand that self-control is not just about willpower. There is um, a variety of steps, in fact, five steps that get to pure willpower. And so this is situation selection. So you can select um, that you sit at the front of the room, that we know that data of people at the front perform better. And so this would be one way to select your situation. From that, you move to the second um, method of self-control that leads up to plain hard willpower, which is situation modification. So we would ask students when they're doing their homework to shut off their phone and put it in the drawer or give it to their parents or at night do something like that. And then we move to um, selective attention. So thinking about where you pay attention. Are you looking out the window? How do you um, engage in class? How do you, what do you do? where you put your attention is a self-control strategy. Then we look at cognitive repraisal. Um, so how do, how do we think about this and response modulation before we get to um, willpower? So we look at that in the context of those personal coaching sessions and really developing the systems and supports necessary. It's not, it's a skill building process. And sometimes we don't learn this. In our, in our schools, and we don't learn this in our classrooms. I know I didn't, and, and many times these students desperately need this, all students, because there is so much now that um, takes our focus away from the task at hand and what we need to be doing. So this is one way to do this. And then, finally, I'll get back to our steps. We're at step five now. We've done our personal coaching sessions. Step five is evaluation. So we look at what is working um, or what works for you, what can we change, what other tools or skills do we need to put in place to move forward with our efforts or future efforts. We'll look at what um, you will take with you in the future, and this is ongoing. Um, And then step six is celebration, which is also ongoing. This is hard work to do. It's hard work to show up 
mediocrity is easy, right? And that um, I have a good friend whose father said attitude is everything. And it is so true. We know that chronic issues will not change overnight as life is truly a marathon. But if we are taking the steps now to achieve success and healthy development, we are truly grateful for that work. We celebrate the small and the large gains. Growth is powerful and achievable with the right supports. And we get the choice every day. So we choose the courage to show up. We choose the courage to be who we are truly meant to be every day. And there is great power in teaching our children to thrive. And there is great power in knowing that there is support out there when we feel like we're flailing and don't know what to do or where to turn. And there is so much information. There is, there is power in this. And I hope you will reach out if there's anything I can do to support you in your journey. Please, please. I am most... Um, grateful for the opportunity to support these incredible kids, to support the kids who matter, um, and, and, and in doing so, making this world a better, more courageous place. So again, go to my website. You can download a guide. You can find a blog post on the process. But more importantly, if you want more information, email me at hello at jessicastong.com. I also want to give a quick shout out to um, Fundamental Learning Center's podcast, Dyslexia. Let's talk about it. I'm hosting that. I hope you'll join us. It's so exciting to hear the stories, um, personal stories of those um, impacted by dyslexia and resources and tools that you can access um, through their work and through the great work of everyone Um working across the country. So I can't wait for you to join me there as well. Again, thanks so much for joining. Have a great and courageous week. Thanks so much.